All right, Grant, I have a uh, I have a question that I want to pose to you that's been on my mind for a little while. Okay, okay. Shoot. All right, so how, how have you incorporated AI into your everyday life, if you have it all to this point? So it seems to be coming a lot, up a lot in conversation. I'm curious how you utilize AI. Ooh, AI. All right. So I, I actually do use it on occasion. I kind of use it as a like Google on steroids when I'm looking for a little bit more of a complicated answer for stuff. Um, you know, it's like I'm, I'm kind of a big tech and gadget kind of guy. So if there's something the latest and greatest out there, I might use it to get some recommendations on, you know, where to find a good review on it or, or maybe where to buy something. Um, also, if I'm just looking for like, you know, some basic uh, templates for some stuff, you know, to, how do, how do I get a general frequently asked questions, uh, format template for something like that? It can, it can usually give some pretty, pretty good advice there. How about, how about you? Have you been yeah. uh, using AI at all? <clears throat> I've dabbled in it a little bit. I'll be honest. Um, I think you're, you're definitely more the, the knowledgeable one, um, in this podcast when it comes to AI, but I definitely have looked at it a little bit. I've, I've dabbled with chat GPT to your point, just to kind of see, what types of answers it brings up um, from very basic questions to your point um, or just more in depth of, you know, an outline for a, a business case, for instance, right? What would that look like? Um, I would say too, from an AI standpoint, I think for a while now, just utilizing GPS, right? Um, my phone will tell me, you know, you, you need to go to work. You need to be there by eight 30. Now's the time to leave. There's traffic on 78. Um, it will reroute you if it finds a you know a, a faster route to wherever you're going. So I utilize it in that way on a pretty consistent basis. But ChatGPT is a is kind of a, an unknown territory territory for me a little bit. Yeah, that's and that's a great point. Those those smart assistants and, and things like that that are AI based too. I mean, those are huge to give you reminders, let you know when you know something's going on. I mean, it's definitely helped relieve some of the the stress of just worrying about traffic and things like that and keeping on top of your schedule. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, I also, and I, I forgot to mention before, you know, some of the uh, visual AI kind of tools mm -hmm. that can create an image based off of those prompts. Um, I don't know if you're a big memer, but that has definitely upped my meme <laughs> game because you can basically generate any image, whether they're good or not is a whole nother story. Yep. Um, but you can definitely create some fun, fun images through there. I uh, have not been able to do that myself. I wouldn't even know where to start, to be honest. And it's probably extremely easy, but um, I've definitely seen some. And it's it's amazing what can be created using AI, whether it's a, a picture, a movie, you know, anything, I feel like at this point, a poem. I think my daughter actually asked it one time to write a poem about, it was something she was learning in school, write a poem about this at a fifth grade level. And within yeah. seconds, there was an amazing written poem at a fifth grade level about the topic she asked. So it's, it's incredible how quickly it can, it can give answers as well. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. So anyway, if you haven't figured it out, uh, we're talking a little bit about AI and, and, uh, chat GPT and how it relates to financial well-being today. Thank you all again for joining us today on the well-being and your wallet podcast. Uh, those of you that are new to the podcast, thanks for, uh, finding us and I hope you'll, you'll subscribe and stick around. Those of you that are return guests uh, or listeners, thank you so much for, for joining today. Uh, keep recommending us to your friends and, and subscribing and, and commenting. We, we enjoy your participation and you listening to us. 
Uh, so as usual, uh, I'm your host, Grant Gallagher, and I'm the head of financial well-being at Affinity Federal Credit Union. With me today is my co-host, Sean. Sean, say hi to the folks. Hello, everybody. So um, for return listeners, it's great to be back with you. And anybody that's new to the podcast, my name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the vice president of retail and digital branching here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. All right. So uh, just to give you a quick rundown of what we're looking at today's episode, um, you know, today's topic, it's, it's a showdown. It's a battle of the titans <laughs> between the financial advice and well-being titans against AI, specifically ChatGPT. Um, unfortunately, Dave Ramsey did not return my phone calls. Uh, <laughs> Susie Orman, you know, she she actually re- replied back with a new phone who dis, which is really strange because it was an email <laughs> request that I sent out. So, you know, you guys are just going to have to stick with Sean and myself today. Uh, you know, we we know some stuff, so we'll we'll give you some good advice there. No no worries. Um, but with AI being such a hot topic in the news, it's important to understand you know what AI can do for you on getting solid financial advice and support. Um, you know, it's certainly a helpful tool in your your knowledge arsenal, but there's also very much limitations that you need to be aware of. So today's content was all based on the free version of ChatGPT, which is GPT 3.5. Uh, there are reports that ChatGPT Plus, which uses the GPT-4 model, is more accurate, more recent, and less prone to issues like hallucinations. And I'll explain to you <laughs> in a little bit about what that means. Um, but since we don't charge our members for our financial advice, I didn't think it was fair to conv- compare our advice against a paid service when there is a free alternative that I think most of you out there will probably be using. So just a quick primer on what ChatGPT is, courtesy of our friends over at techtarget.com. Uh, ChatGPT is an AI chatbot that uses natural language processing to create human-like conversational dialogue. The language model can respond to questions and compose various written content, including articles, social media posts, essays, code, and emails. When training natural language processing, there are various elements to consider. ChatGPT is a form of generative AI, a tool that lets users enter prompts to receive human-like images, text, or videos that are created by the AI. Uh, ChatGPT is similar to the automated services found on customer service websites where people can ask questions and receive clarification or or replies. Uh, The GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which refers to how ChatGPT processes requests and formulates responses, and it's trained with reinforcement learning through human feedback and reward models that rank the best responses. This feedback helps augment ChatGPT with machine learning to improve future responses. So basically in layman's terms, you know, we all have autocomplete on our phones. Some of it have it on our emails, recommends the next couple of words based off of what we've already typed. Uh, This is basically that sort of technology, but with on steroids, you know, instead of predicting what you'll write based off of your typing history, it's predicting the best way to respond to any sort of prompt based off of all of the information that's fed to it. Um, and you know, from my understanding, that's basically the entire history of, of the internet, um, as well as some other content. So there's a lot of information that's fed into it to help put together these responses. And it's using that, that generative model to figure out what's the best thing to put in there next. So, um, you know, just looking at this from a a holistic perspective, you know, in general, when we're mixing AI and financial advice, um, you know, there's some gaps there. And and we'll we'll get into that in a little bit, but you know I just wanted to to say right off the bat, um, just be careful with what you're putting out there, and and you know especially if it's any sort of sensitive information, 
um, because there is no expectation of privacy when you're using these sort of free services. And when you're sharing your financial advice, that very much is a uh, data security risk. So just be careful about what you plug in there. No personal information is, is my recommendation. Um, but that also does limit in some instances, you know, what sort of specific advice you can get back to it. Obviously, when you're talking with us here at Affinity, uh, you're not going to run into that issue. You know, you can tell us everything in, in confidence. We will give you, you know, all of our best knowledge that we have available to us. And, you know, it, it will be completely confidential. Um, Sean, any, any thoughts on that before we jump, jump further into the content? No, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, some questions that you might have asked ChatGPT. Um, and I'm curious to what it, what it responds to and what the response is. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll jump right into it. Um, you know, first off, we prompted it with obviously a topic that's very important to this podcast uh, and, and goes back to our roots. And it was simply, how can I improve my financial well-being? So obviously, you know, this is something that is uh, something we're constantly looking at and focused. And here is what we got back. Improving your financial well-being requires a combination of discipline, planning, and smart decision-making. Here are some tips to help you enhance your financial situation. And then it goes on to give 14 different tips. I'm not going to read the full one, the, the full text of all of them. I'll just give the, uh, the uh, heading of, of each section, but uh, then I'll, I'll provide some commentary on it. So first it recommends budgeting. Next is an emergency fund. Next is debt management. Next is savings and interest. Next is financial education. Next is retirement planning. Next is avoid impulse purchases. Next is negotiate and comparison shop. Next is increase your income. Next is avoid lifestyle inflation. Next is insurance coverage. Next is avoid high cost debt. We have regularly review your finances. And finally, seek professional advice. And then it closes out by saying, remember, improving financial well-being is a gradual process. Start with small steps and say, stay consistent with your efforts. Over time, you'll see progress towards a more secure and stable financial future. So, you know, overall, Sean, what, what are your thoughts on, on this list of uh, 14 recommendations that, that we're getting here? I, I'll be honest. I love it. I love, I love the fact that it points out all of these options, right? I think it gives you a, again, you didn't read every bullet and what was identified within it, but it gives you a high level overview of each area. Again, where, where I think it's kind of, it's, it's good information, but where it misses the, the mark a little bit is it's not really personalized. And to your point you made earlier, without giving a lot of personal information to ChatGPT, it cannot necessarily provide you a personalized plan um, that would work best for you as an individual. So again, using this as high level data and understanding more about budgeting or an emergency fund, debt management, um, my favorite was number 14, seek professional advice, right? I think that <laughs> that's kind of that umbrella statement. And I think that's where affinity comes in yeah. is we are those professionals, right? So this can give you the high level overview of each area. And it's fantastic if you walk into a branch or give us a call over the phone and you already have an understanding of some of these things, again, not required by any means, but doing a little bit of research and homework is always a good thing. Um, yep. But then when we look at it from a personalized standpoint, that's what we're here for. Um, yeah. to dig in a little bit deeper and figure out which of these areas is most important to you, which will have the, the greatest impact on your financial well-being as a whole. And then again, creating that, that plan specific to you and your finances to, to put you in a better financial situation. So again, I think the content is great. 
um, but very high level. Yep. And I think it falls into the trap that we've mentioned before in previous podcasts where uh, it's using financial being as a catch-all lump sum for just your general overall financial state. And, you know, when we're looking at it, we are trying to look at it from that emotional relationship perspective, trying to take techniques to reduce your stress around your finances, improve your optimism, you know, take the advantage of, of goal setting and, and looking forward, and just trying to make a overall better relationship between you and, and your money, um, where this is, you know, yes, a lot of these are good tactics you can take to improve your financial life and, and are certainly things you should all take advantage of. Um, but I only see really two items on this list that are related to your actual emotional state and, you know, how to, how to manage that. Um, but I, I also agree with you, you know, it does recognize its own limitations, which is nice by recommending seek professional advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, uh, that is kind of the main takeaway I would take from this is expect to get general, general advice. Um, but anything more specific and personalized, you really want to talk to, to a professional. Yeah, and I think you touched on a great point too. When we talk about financial well-being, it is that emotional connection, right, to your finances. This yep. gives you a lot of, again, high-level tools or insight into what would help you from a financial wellness standpoint, right? The dollars and cents. Um, it buckets everybody into these categories. Again, covers a lot of different areas that people should know about and they should be um, informed with. But at the same point, you don't know if you know. An emergency fund is something that stresses me out right now. Uh, maybe I already have it. Maybe I don't have it, but it's not something I'm concerned with right now. I have other means as far as um, in case of emergency does come up. So again, I think the the content is really good from a very high level. But to your point, which I think is amazing, the financial well-being is the emotional connection. And everybody has a very different emotional connection to their finances um, and especially that stress side of the the connection as well. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and I mean, granted, one of the benefits of of this chat GPT model is that you can provide further follow-up questions, digging deeper into any one of those areas. But, you know, it's one of the, the one of the limitations that you're going to see too is you need to know what are the right questions to ask, which is sometimes a difficult thing to do if you don't have a deep understanding of of personal finance and, you know, really the direction you're, you're, you're looking to go in. So just, just be aware of that limitation as well. All right. So our next question was about credit and it's, I have a 600 credit score. What can I do to improve it? So, you know, credit is always a big topic. A lot of our members come to us with credit questions. We have a lot of resources to help improve your credit. Um, so here's, here's what, what chat GPT told us. Uh, Improving your credit score is a gradual process that requires consistent efforts and responsible financial behavior. While there is no quick fix, here are some steps you could take to start improving your credit score with a 600 credit score. And then again, it gives us a list of 10 different things that we can do. Uh, So the first is check your credit report. The next is pay your bills on time. Reduce credit card balances. Don't close old accounts. Avoid new credit applications. Uh, diversify your credit mix, become an authorized user, consider a secured credit card, avoid collections and charge-offs, be 
And then the last is be patient and responsible and provides a closing of remember there are no shortcuts to a significantly improved credit score, but the responsible financial behavior and patience, you can raise your credit score over time. So Sean, what, what, what are your feelings on, on this piece? So, so this one I read, and we have these conversations consistently again, over the phone or in our branches to me, when I read through this, it leaves a lot open to interpretation. Um, Specifically, one that stands out to me is don't close old accounts. Um, it really mm-hmm. doesn't give a lot of information around which accounts you're you're speaking to, right? If it's a if it's a personal loan, it's an auto loan, and now you're worried about paying that off early. Is that a bad thing? I need to keep it open. Yeah. Um, again, depending on how you read the content, you can take it. I think a few different ways, and to me, that's a little that's a little concerning um, because you want to make sure that you give the proper education, the proper information to our members or even our listeners on the podcast. Um, so again, while I think it gives good high level information of, you know, what to look out for, I think a lot of these categories need to be dug into much deeper, um, again, from an individual standpoint, but also some clarification in certain areas as well. Um, the be patient and responsible number 10, totally agree with that. It does take a long time, um, or it does take some time, I should say, to repair credit. But again, if you're taking the right steps and, and you're following the plan, um, you, you know, it's not unattainable. We've, yep. we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but you have the person who has a 600 credit score and wants to buy a house. And in a couple of years, again, following a plan of kind of repairing that credit, you're able to get them to a point where they can apply for a mortgage and they are qualified to purchase a home um, or even a vehicle in some cases. So again, I think it's a lot of great information but this one to me, I feel like there could be room for interpretation in that, like I said, that worries me a little bit. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of um, just generalized information here that that's fine. If you were just looking for general information on improving your credit, then, then that's, that's great. You know, you, there are a lot of these tips somebody could probably walk away with and, and at least take three or four of them put them into effect and, and have some impact to their credit. My, my concern more is when we're dealing with somebody with a, a 600 credit score, how they got there is an is important part of that conversation mm-hmm. too. You know, so if, if they got there because they were in collections or did have a charge off or did have a bankruptcy, that's going to be a very different path forward in a much longer time horizon to get them back to that place where they want to be Versus somebody who's just starting off and they just have a, a, a thin credit file and, and they're just starting to build it up. Um, very different approaches, very different things you you, you can do from that perspective. Um, and really, you know, if you are in this situation where you are looking to, to build your credit or, or build it back up, the best way to do it is to get that credit report and sit down and talk with somebody because they can look at the whole story, the whole journey and give you you know, instead of just having four kind of generalized things that you think are going to have an impact, they can look at and say, these are the most impactful things that you can do to, to make an impact. Because in general, anybody, as long as they're paying their bills on time and doing it consistently and keeping their credit under a certain utilization, their credit, co- credit score is going to rise. I mean, that's, that's just kind of a, a given. But there's so many other variables involved in that credit repair building conversation that are just kind of left out there unanswered. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing again, that, um, that kind of stands out to me is just pay your bills on time. It seems simple, but what I will say is 
if if you feel like you're getting to a point where that is going to be an issue, right, or you're struggling, or again, it is affecting your your financial well being, and you're very stressed out. Yep. Be open and honest about it. I know here at Affinity, we we don't look at people as a number, right? We don't look at you as your yep. your member number, and you know it's all about the bottom line. It truly is doing the best thing for the member. So sometimes, what the best thing you can do is reach out to your financial institution, hopefully Affinity. Um, and let us know that you're struggling and we have some options that we can put in place to help you. So it doesn't get to a point where it is so difficult to build up that credit. Um, we have different programs, we have different options for people. So again, we want to make sure that you don't get into this situation to your point, um, before yep. it does happen. But if you are in this situation, unfortunately, we have experts again, that are absolutely willing to have the conversation to create that individualized plan for you and, and help you kind of get back to rebuilding the credit and kind of that financial freedom that comes along with it. Yeah. Excellent point. It's, it's so easy to say, pay your bills on time, but what if, what if you can't, what Mm -hmm. if there's just no logical, reasonable way that you can manage your budget to make it happen and and you need extra support. And, you know, unfortunately this answer doesn't say if you're struggling, reach out to your FI, you know, figure out other ways to, to make payment arrangements. Um, and, and unfortunately with this one, you know, I do, I do have to, ding it for not saying reach out for professional advice and guidance. Um, yeah, you know, very true. I'm, I'm sure our, our friends out in the, the credit counseling field would be uh, very disappointed to hear that they did not recommend that they reach out to credit counselor resources for this sort of uh, question. Absolutely agree. All right. So next question, what can I do to prepare myself for when federal student loan payments resume? So very, very timely and a bit of a loaded question. Yes. Uh, so this is a, a little bit of a gotcha question. I'll, I'll be completely honest. This, is, this was specifically chosen to highlight one of the limitations that you will face with some of these models because they are time bound. So uh, ChatGPT responded back with, as of my last update on September 2021, the federal student, student loan payment pause was still in effect due to the COVID-19 pandemic. If payments have resumed since then, it's important to stay informed about any updates or changes to the federal student loan program. To prepare yourself for when student loan payments resume, consider the following steps. And then it gives a 10-step list. Uh, Beware of the restart date. Review your loan details. Assess your financial situation. Create a budget. Consider different repayment plans. Update your contact information. Set up automatic payments. Familiarize yourself with loan forgiveness options, seek professional advice if needed, and stay up to date with policy changes. And then in closing, it says, remember that if you're facing financial hardship, there might may be good options for deferment or forbearance to temporarily pause your loan payments. Contact your loan servicer to explore these options if needed. As the situation may change, I recommend checking with official sources like the U.S. Department of Education or your loan servicer for the most up-to-date information and guidance. So, yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one for sure. Um, again, super high level, right? Not very, um, individualized, which makes sense because you really didn't give it much information, um, upfront asking the question, but I do, I guess I I can say I I like the fact that it kind of covers itself at the end, basically saying, you know, check with official sources like the U S department of education, um, on your loan servicer. So it really is giving you some very high level ideas up front, but ultimately saying we can't really give specifics 
um, the best thing you need to do is reach out to that loan servicer and they're the ones that can, can direct you in the right direction. Um, so yeah, this one again, high, high level, sure. It gives some, some best practices, if you will, but it doesn't really give a, a tremendous amount of information from my point yeah. of view. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, even though it does highlight the, the limitation here and, you know, I'll, I'll just straight up note too, for those of you that are listening to this in, in the recorded format, uh, we're roughly two years out from that last update. So this is, you know, mm-hmm. August 2023 is when we're recording this. Uh, and this was updated last in September of 2021. So a big good point difference in, in the time frame there. Um, but, you know, it's I, I will give it bonus points for the fact that it recognized its limitation. It recognized that time bound nature. It also, again, recognized to seek professional advice and, and give people there who they should contact to get the information that it doesn't have. Um, that I think is, is really important. And, and honestly, I think this is even better, a better response than the last one that we had on credit because it does recognize those limitations. It does kind of give that next step direction to, to the, the person who put in the prompt. So I, I think this one is, is okay, but again, it's important to, for, for our listeners to recognize there is that limitation in there. These models aren't updated, you know, on a monthly or a weekly basis for then pushed out. Sometimes it's years between when the most recent data was fed into there and, and what it's using to, to create these responses. All right. So on to our final question for our showdown with AI. And it is, I am looking to buy a home six months from now. What should I do to get myself ready? And... ChatGPT responds, congratulations on your decision to buy a home. Preparing in advance can make this a, make the process smoother and increase your chance of finding the right home within your timeline. Here are some steps to get yourself ready. Again, in traditional ChatGPT uh, fashion, we have a list of 10 items. Uh, check your credit score. Save for a down payment. Establish a budget. Get pre-approved for a mortgage. Research the housing market. Identify your priorities, work with a real estate agent, organize your documents, avoid major financial changes, attend open houses and tours. And then in closing, it says, by taking these steps to prepare for your home purchase, you'll be better equipped to find the right home that fits your needs and financial situation. Good luck with your house hunting. (laughs) This one, um, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I, I like this list. I think it's um, it covers a lot of very key factors in preparing to purchase a home. Yes. Um, what I will say is, I don't know if I'd like to see it or not. Again, coming from Chat GPT, but definitely resources that we have. It says check your credit score. Um, it doesn't necessarily tell you how to do that or where you should do that. It doesn't give a good resource. Yep. Um, the establishing a budget is huge. Um, I know a lot of people that, again, they go on Zillow and they look at a home, they go to a calculator and they say, oh, I can, I can afford this based on this interest rate, but yep. they're not taking into consideration, um, home insurance or property taxes. So under the establish a budget, um, bullet here, it does say to consider those factors, yep. but again, it doesn't give any resources on where you would find that information or, Um, calculators that could help you identify what that budget should look like. So again, I I think it gives really good information as far as preparing, but 
but not a tremendous amount of resources as far as where to find this information. And that's, that's the piece that makes me nervous is again, yeah. it's, there's that interpretation, interpretation piece, um, around, okay, I'm going to go research the housing market, but how, how am I going to do that? Where am I going to go? Um, what sites can I trust to, to, to do such a thing? So again, I think the, the bullet points are great, but there's more information needed for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you, you raise an important fact where it really is first time home buyers fall into that folly a lot of when they're figuring out that budget, figuring out how much they can afford. Um, they typically underestimate the impact of property taxes mm -hmm. and, and insurance. Um, and it isn't until somebody that's more knowledgeable than them has that conversation where it's, where it's a, a rude awakening. Um, so really kind of giving more guidance on that and the importance of it, um, is, is obviously lacking here. Um, you know, also it's, it, you know, provides just kind of a general guidance of get pre-approved for a mortgage. Okay. I mean, that's, that's great, but what's involved with that? How do I sure. do that? You know, what do I, do I, what do I need to even get pre-approved? Do I need to know a dollar amount? What documents do I need to have ready? Like there's a lot involved in that where it's kind of a very one dimensional statement but there's a ton of follow-up questions that are, are probably, you know, right behind that. Yeah. And to, to your point too, about just again, underestimating the affordability of certain homes, it's, they have on here attend open houses and tours. Again, it's exciting, right? When you're looking for a house, you're excited, yep. whether it's you as an individual, you and your spouse, whoever it might be. Um, and you go and you, you see some of these houses that are gorgeous that you think are in your price range. I'm, guilty of it too, right? Buying my first house, you, you go out and you start to look at houses and you get yourself excited. Then you go, all right, now it's time to get serious. And you're, you're told, Hey, you can afford two thirds of what you originally thought yeah. you could afford. So again, I think some of the information on here is great, but a good starting point is just talk to us here at affinity, right? Come, yeah. come into a branch, call over the phone. I'll, I'll continue to say that. Talk to the experts we have here. They can kind of give you that guided plan of what you really should do first, who you should speak with, um, help you understand again, the, um, the budgeting aspect of it, the, the realistic expectations of that process, because it's not necessarily yes. an easy process, regardless of where you go. Um, it can provide a lot of stress going through a home purchase. I know anytime I've talked to anybody, I say, expect the worst yep. and you will be happy, right? It, it'll all work out. But if you think it's going to be a breeze, that's not always the case. Um, so again, good information, but very, very high level. And for this, definitely speak to someone here at Affinity and, and we can point you in the right direction and help you prepare even better. Um, again, more specific to your financial situation. Yeah, I think you touched on a key point there when, when you talk about setting expectations. I mean, this is a long process typically. It's a stressful process. And if you don't have all of your ducks in a row and you start going out to open houses and suddenly you find your dream home mm. and you don't realize that how the market is right now where houses are going over asking price, people are making full cash offers. They're yep. going in a day, you know, you might be severely disappointed to then immediately find out that you're completely unprepared to take those next steps and, and you're not going to be able to purchase that house. But if you had that conversation ahead of time, you're going to be ready. You're going to know what to expect. You're going to know, you know, what you have to have ready in case you find yourself in that situation. So, um, a little bit lacking, but again, 
good general overall advice, just just not as specific as I think most people would need to to really be well well informed and, and prepared for the home buying uh, totally process. Agree. All right, so uh, that was a whole was rundown. Yeah, yeah, very very eye opening. You know, and I just want to, you know, pivot this conversation a little bit just to, you know, do you think ChatGPT would be able to provide any good advice on, you know, reducing spending or building savings, paying down debt, or even, you know, creating a retirement plan? Based on what we've seen, I think it will give you the the general building blocks to do just that. But again, yeah. what, what we've spoke about so many times in the past, in past episodes, and even on this episode is everybody has very individualized needs when it comes to finances. Um, Chat GPT can, again, give you those building blocks, but it's not going to create a plan. Um, again, when you talk about reducing spending, I could almost guarantee what it would say, right? It's cut, yeah. out the, cut out the unnecessary. And again, without seeing your finances, without seeing that you stop at Starbucks every day on the way to work and you spend $6 on a cup of coffee, um, that you're going out to dinner five times a month, Without being, without seeing those specifics, it'd be very hard to to tailor a plan to an individual. But again, I, th I think what I've learned is it, it will give you those building blocks. It'll give you the basics to think about, and it's not a bad thing to ask those questions, get some of that information up front, but then still speak to the the professional who can dig in further. Um, again, for more from that individualized aspect. Yes, uh, you know, I I think it should be considered more of a financial education tool than really financial advice or guidance. But at the same time, you know, with some of the limitations that we've come across, I even, I even struggle with, with that too, because if you're doing your research on any topic, you want to be confident that your source is good. Um, you know, and going back to those, those limitations that, that we were seeing before, um, you know, you have to be you have to be very cautious about using AI for that financial advice or information because that timing is limited. You know, if anything has changed in those two years since they got trained on that model, it's going to give you out of date information. Yep. Um, you don't, even though it's getting its its training from this massive source of information. There's good and bad sources out there, and you don't know where it's pulling that from. So, you know, you're still going to need to do some follow-up research to verify, even if you kind of get that, that initial information from it. And if that's your expectation, that, that's fine. You know, if you're willing to do your due diligence, then, then go ahead. But again, it could, it could be terrible financial advice from, you know, some small blog of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, but they got on a website and they put their information out there. Um, and then the last thing I, I wanted to flag too is what I had mentioned at the, at the top of the podcast is the hallucinations. So what a hallucination is, is when a chatbot creates information that sounds entirely plausible, it sounds completely believable, but unless you go out and you verify the information and do the research, you won't know that it's giving you something incorrect. And it could be, you know, something basic like uh, an unknown date, you know, just make up a date or, you know, an unknown statistic. It'll be, you know, the Empire State Building is, you know, 100,000 feet tall just because it didn't have it in like its database, but it didn't want to say, I don't know. Um, and actually it was interesting. I, I did see an instance where there was a, a legal case with a briefing that was created using AI. Um, and it actually created entirely fabricated court cases that it referenced 
And it seemed entirely, unless you actually went and researched these court cases, it seemed entirely plausible. It seemed completely reasonable. It was cited in the correct way. It was formatted in the correct way. It's, it supported the, the case that they were submitting, um, but it was completely made up. And yeah. unless, unless you knew better, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know what to look for. Yeah, and I think, again, great point. If it's, if it's very specific information that you're asking for and you're getting very specific information, do, double check it. Right, research it somewhere else. Get get another opinion, um, whether it's an, it, a professional in that field or another resource online, um, just to verify. I think ChatGPT is still in its infancy at this point, and you cannot believe everything that it says. Well, again, I do think there's some great content that can be found. Um, yeah. If you're looking for specifics, it's always good to just continue to verify, continue to double check. Um, who knows, maybe one day we get there, but I, I just, I'm not that confident in it yet at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, believe it or not, people lie on the internet. Can you believe that, Sean? I mean, <laughs> can't you know, believe it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that never happens. But again, some of that data makes it into that data set for training and there you go. You're, you're getting some bad info. Yep. So we're going to jump right over to our member mailbag. Uh, today's member mailbag will be me. Uh, I'll be reaching in and grabbing it out. Uh, and a reminder that if you have a question or comment for the member mailbag segment, you can send it to us at Affinity FCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. All right. So actually today's, because today's theme is uh, ChatGPT, we're actually going to have ChatGPT give us an answer to today's Ooh, okay. member mailbag, and we'll, we'll comment on that. Uh, today, today's member's question is, I am in my early 60s and I really would love to retire soon. I'm worried I don't have enough save for the entirety of my retirement and obviously don't want to run out of money. How can I really know if I'm prepared to financially retire? Great question. Um, so ChatGPT answers, uh, assessing your financial preparedness for retirement is an important step to ensure a comfortable and secure retirement. Here are some steps to help you determine if you are ready to retire. A list. I know. Shocking. <laughs> top uh, 10? Yeah. Uh, top 12 this time. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so first off, evaluate your retirement goals and lifestyle. Uh, next is create a detailed budget. Next is calculate retirement income. Next is estimate longevity. Longevity. Uh, next is account for inflation. Uh, six is assess healthcare costs. Seven is review debt and liabilities. Eight is consult financial professionals. All right, good job. Uh, nine is stress test your plan. Ten is stay flexible. 11 is consider part-time work and 12 is monitor and adjust. And then in closing, it says, remember that retiring successfully involves a combination of careful planning, disciplined saving, and making informed decisions. Taking these steps will help you gain a clear understanding of your financial readiness for retirement and allow you to make adjustments as needed to achieve your retirement goals. Oh boy. Yeah. That, that one to me, it, it's, it's shooting in the dark, right? Yeah. Um, I, I would never leave retirement um, insights or education or guidance to chat GPT. Um, I will say this here at affinity. We have, we have an amazing group of financial advisors that I'm sure would be happy to have this conversation with anybody again, member or not that they would be happy to speak with anybody and kind of do a, a review to see where they are in the retirement journey. Yeah. But to me, this is kind of, it's just shooting in the dark. It's, it's giving again, really, really broad information. Um, in this instance, and it's almost like asking chat GPT how to fly an airplane. Yeah. When, when you're in the, the pilot seat, 
right? I, I just would not trust the information to get up in the air and be able to land safely. You mean it's not just push the paddle forward and just turn I, the wheel and, and you're good? And I then have you never land? flown one, but I would be highly doubtful uh, that that's the case. And again, when you're talking about something as serious as, as your retirement, something you've worked so hard for, the, you know, the first, we'll say, 60 years of your life to prepare for, I, I would not leave any decisions um, up to chat GPT at that yeah. point. To me, that's something you, you absolutely want to speak to a financial advisor um, in regards to. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, again, it's like the, some of these are super high level and, and it had me, you know, I was, I was all in for the first three of them. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to things where I think just the average person just can't reasonably actually make an informed decision on. I mean, estimate longevity, I mean, account for inflation, stress test your plan. I mean, these are all things that, I mean, I guess you could probably find some tools online. I don't know how reliable they would be, but I would, I would probably stick to, to a professional to give you some advice on, on what you're looking at there. Yeah. And, and you just said you could find them. And I'm always a big proponent of identify the could and the should, right? So yeah. you could do that. You could look online. You could, you know, do some research, but should you do that? My answer would be absolutely not, right? There, yeah. There's people that you know, have have studied and trained and taken specific certifications and tests to be able to be in a position to give that guidance. Um, that's something again. I, I just would not leave up to ChatGPT. Definitely talk yeah. to a, a professional. Agreed. That also goes for all of you out there, aspiring pilots. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe get your pilot's license. Don't rely on ChatGPT yes. for flying instructions. <laughs> all right. So it is now time for our product spotlight, and we are uh, once again talking about our Smart Start Savings account. Uh, whether you're saving for a down payment, dream vacation, or rainy day, we're here to help you earn more towards your financial goals with Affinity's award-winning high-yield Smart Start Savings account. Affinity's Smart Start Savings earns 4.0 annual percentage yield on the first $10,000 in savings, which is nine times, uh, over nine times, the national average as reported by the FDIC. This means a higher savings rate on more dollars for Affinity members. For those new to the program, it's unique for its inverted interest structure that encourages our members to get started on their savings journey with no minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. It is a great way to start building your emergency funds since the structure allows for easy access to funds when you need it with no limitations on transfers or withdrawals. Did I mention Smart Start is award-winning? Affinity Smart Start Savings Account was recently named Best Credit Union Account for Deposits Under $10,000 by CNBC Select and was previously recognized as Best High Yield Savings Account by the buy side from the Wall Street Journal. Save smart, earn more, and reach your financial dreams quicker with Smart Start. You can visit affinityfcu.com forward slash smart start to learn more. All right. So Love we it. covered... A ton of information today, Sean. I mean, I, I think this was really a good rundown of what people can expect to use uh, AI for, you know, some tips, some tricks, things to be aware of, um, you know, but in, in my summary, I would say, you know, it's it's good general information and resources, but it doesn't know the next questions to ask to give you real specific next steps or advice doesn't always recommend to reach out to a professional when it really should. Um, you know, and, and it also shares, it's kind of a, the shotgun approach to information. It gives you every little tip, whether it applies to you or not. And then you, it kind of expects you to have a certain level of expertise or financial acumen to know what relates to you, what's important to you, what's a priority. Um, and it's not clear what's not. Yep. 
totally agree. I, um, I think it's, it's a really cool tool and I think it's interesting and I think it's fun to, to kind of play with and ask questions and, you know, enter some information. But again, it's going to give you a lot of generalities back when it yes. comes to information. What I do want to just remind everyone of is we are a full service financial institution here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. So a lot of what we covered today and what we asked chat GPT, we're able to serve our members in those categories, in those areas. Um, again, super, super important to, you know, be open, be honest, be willing to have those conversations with us because we have a lot of people here who are really interested in learning more about you, ensuring that we are always focused on your overall financial well-being, right? And how we yes. ensure that you are, you don't look at finances as, as something that you you shy away from. We want you to look at it and be it be happy and be proud of where you are. And sometimes that takes time and that's okay, yep. but we wanna be the partner here for you to ensure that you get to that place. Um, and again, being a full service financial institution, if it's not a, a frontline team member, we do have partners internally who can answer all these questions for you. And we wanna ensure that you're, you're sitting with the right person to get that expert advice. So again, I look forward to you know speaking to more members throughout my time here and our, our employees and our team members here and the branches as well as our digital branch over the phone are, are here for anybody anytime you want to talk things through and get some of that financial advice. Yes, yes. I mean, we, we have resources for members of, you know, any location virtually, you know, we, we, we have ways for to help you. Um, but then again, you know, our folks that are, are here in our branch footprint, uh, specifically in New Jersey, we do have that new branch in, in Madison, New Jersey and, and our new River Edge, New Jersey branch. And, you know, we'd love to have you stop in and, and say hi, get some advice from us. Um, they're, they're, they're there and, and available to help you. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but, you know, Sean, just thinking about our topic today. Uh, you know, I think our, our jobs and, and our folks in the, in the branches, their, their jobs are probably safe for now. Yeah, uh, for from, sure. From, uh, we'll chat keep, GPT. We'll, yeah, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep picking at chat GPT and testing it, but I think we have a, a very, very long way to go. Um, and again, definitely the experts are the, the individuals on the front line at this point. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment for a future member mailbag segment, we'd love to hear from you. Please send it to at Affinity FCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. Uh, and then those of you that enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't like it, please write, rate, like, and subscribe for more of the Wellbeing in the Wall podcast. You can visit affinityfcu.com for additional information about financial well-being and affinity products. And as always, we appreciate you listening today and be well.